Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We were having conversations in these ITMs, they call them ITMs in the moments where you talk yeah. about your experience. I forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, ITMs, right? It was like, it was, it was therapy. It was therapy on the show. So we would therapy that they can then clip together so you look like yeah, an asshole. <laughs> exactly. Give you a chance to cry in there too if you need to. <laughs> Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on the Bachelor and Bachelor adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. This week on The Bachelor, The Greatest Seasons Ever, we go back to where it all started. This podcast, that is, because Caitlin's season was the first one that Here to Make Friends recapped all the way back in 2015. It's our five-year anniversary. Emma, happy anniversary. Wow, those are really the days. And Chris Harrison kicks off this little blast from the past by commenting that 2015 was when the world met Caitlyn Jenner. And of course, another Caitlyn, Caitlyn Bristow. That Chris, always so culturally sensitive. Yeah, it's really, uh, I don't know, great timing to remind us all that The Bachelor would never cast a trans person, at least in its current incarnation, though it will apparently reference one as like a wacky celeb news item from five years ago. Um, I mean, this week, the Trump administration rolled back protections for trans health care. On a slightly happier note, the Supreme Court declared that the 1964 Civil Rights Act protections do apply to LGBTQ people, um, which is amazing news um, and surprising, I think, given the makeup of the court. You know, Claire, I think we need to take the wins where we can. Um, it's It's been a tough news week. I mean, this week we saw the killing of a Black man, Richard Brooks, by police in Atlanta, and the death of a young Black activist, Toyin Salau, in Florida. And the list just continues to go on. You know, the violence hasn't stopped. The, the systems that these wave, this wave of protests sprung up to, to speak out about have not been fixed, and the struggle continues. Yeah, I, I, I do think that it can seem as time goes on and people on Twitter are talking about other things, uh, people on the news are talking about other things, it can seem like this uh, chapter is something that people are moving on from. Um, but people are still in the streets, protests are still going on, people are fighting for a better world. And it's really incumbent on all of us to resist that sort of 
temptation to move on and let things fall out of the news and out of our social media to stay tuned in and keep doing what we can. So as promised, we're going to give our community calls to action each week. So let's get into this week's call to action. Claire, can you kick us off? Yes. Our first uh, call to action is for the Okra Project, uh, which is Um, as they describe themselves, a collective that seeks to address the global crisis faced by Black trans people by bringing home-cooked, healthy, and culturally specific meals and resources to Black trans people wherever we can reach them. Um, You know, this is a very vulnerable population, and um, there's been a lot of activism in the past couple of weeks um, trying to call attention to that, and this is a great way to support people, uh, Black trans people um, in their health. And that's a wonderful thing. So we will have the link to that in our show notes. Our next organization that we want to shout out is the Native Women's Association of Canada. You know, obviously a lot of our conversations on this podcast because of where we're based are, are focused on the U.S., but Canada, our very close neighbor, and where Caitlin Bristow hails from, uh, is is in the midst of its own really difficult, thorny conversations about racism, about police brutality. And a lot of the dialogues in Canada uh, do, of course, center around anti-Blackness, but also police violence against First Nations peoples. Uh, and, and so we wanted to shout out, again, the Native Women's Association of Canada. And our final call to action is please subscribe to Two Black Girls, One Rose. You know, we like to include a more bachelor topical call to action. And these women have been sounding the alarm about diversity or lack thereof in in the bachelor and bachelor viewership for years now. They are an independent podcast. Go support their Patreon, listen to their episodes. We could all learn a lot from them. So now I think we do have to dig into the meat of this week's show. A look back at Caitlin Bristow's S-E-X-Y sexy season of The Bachelorette. It's sexy with an uppercase every letter. It's the sexiest thing that's ever been on TV. We did recap this years ago, but we were just baby recappers now. And it felt uh, so weird to revisit it. Emma, what was your overall takeaway? No, that's so true. We didn't know anything about how to podcast. I am terrified to go back and listen to those episodes. Hopefully we didn't, you know, need to stick our feet in our mouth too much, but who who knows? I mean, this is the thing. Chris really tees us up that like, this is the most scandalous, shocking season of all time. We weren't even sure if we could air it. And then they proceed to air a three-hour episode that was like boring as fuck. We learned basically nothing new until the very end. Like, she's broken up with, you know, she was together with Sean. They clearly didn't want to throw Caitlyn under the bus or or really um, rub in the fact that this relationship had ended. So they didn't even air Sean's proposal. It was just boring. We heard from the same people we've been hearing from like every day on Instagram. I just, I don't know, Claire, I'm sorry. I, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I mean, I can't get over each episode 
the fact that we've seen this all before and as fun as it is to look back and be reminded of certain things um like the guy who showed up in a mobilized uh hot tub on night one as fun as it, fun as it is to revisit those things i mean i'm gonna need some new content you know because it's just not it's not enough for three hours three hours with no no real new commentary no new footage except for these check-ins which tend to be pretty bland because no one wants to rock the boat too much it it doesn't really have quite the the drama factor that usually allows me to get through a three-hour episode of the show um and it, but it was interesting to see how they handled an episode uh from the season where everything isn't nice and tidy like sean and Catherine got married they have beautiful kids they seem very happy Lindsay's fine you know like everyone was sorted out and caitlin's season is messier like it was messy at the time and now that she and sean are no longer together that's clearly something they didn't want to grapple with and it's it's unfortunate as a viewer because those messy things are the very thing that, that you would want to see revisited and instead they really lean away from it. Um, but I think we should talk a little bit about what they do show us. So one thing that I had almost blocked from my memory was that there were two bachelorettes at the start of this season. This was the Caitlin versus Brit season. Yes. Um, and I had also forgotten why I was so enraged by that setup, but this actually made it really clear. It was because in the end, uh, Caitlin, who was ultimately chosen by the men, ended up being put in the position to feel like absolutely grateful both to this group of men and to the show, rather than starting from a place in which she really held the power she started from a place where she was crying tears, like, thank goodness I got picked. And also was then left with a handful of men who, like, didn't really want to date her and had come in saying, I want to date this other woman. <laughs> so it, it kind of set up a weird dynamic on on both ends and I think made Caitlin pretty vulnerable to, to like, production type manipulations although she did end up taking the show off the rails and we will love her forever for <laughs> for breaking the uh the bachelor's insane fear of the word sex yeah that was her great legacy yeah but you know again we ended up having a handful of men just sort of come off as though they felt like they didn't need to make an effort they didn't really like her and they kind of felt empowered to almost come at her and not make any mm -hmm. effort you know we saw pretty like brutal exits from koopa ian clint tony i mean it's just rare that you see this many guys sort of go after the lead early on question her intentions question why they're there like it was just a very rough dynamic yeah and i think i i don't remember if we talked about this at the time but definitely it was made so clear in the supercut like first you see caitlin like just marinating in awkwardness night one as guys go to talk to brit first or they talk to her and then they tell brit like oh i'm here for you you know like whichever woman was going to get picked was going to be left with this awkward uh residue from having spent the night like trying to gauge whether a guy preferred her to another woman 
um, in this extremely painful, socially anxious setting. Um, but then you see all of these guys start to have this attitude of, you know, she should be making an effort. Like, if she wants to talk to me, she can come talk to me. Like, we hear Clint say this pretty explicitly. Yeah. Like, I had this great one-on-one -on -one date. He had the first one-on-one -on -one date with Caitlin. He's like, we had that great one-on-one -on -one date. Now if she wants more with me, she's going to have to make an effort and come to me. That never happens. That's like a no. crazy thing. And it happens over and over again that you see these guys saying like, oh, she's not doing the kind of dates I like. Or oh, she's not making an effort to come talk to me. Oh, I feel like it's hard to nail her down for conversation. I feel offended. I feel like she should be going out of her way to like woo me. That's never been the dynamic on this show. And it does seem inextricable from the fact that at the, that at the very beginning, these guys all had the power in their hands. And it's, it's hard to relinquish that. When, once a man has power, it's hard to Right. They're go. like, we gave you, we gave you this opportunity. So yeah. <laughs> like, she's should like, be grateful. She, I mean, she's like their, uh, their intern that they picked out of an enormous pool of applications, or she's the person they elected to city council. They're just like, we put you here. Exactly. <laughs> we can take you, you work out. for us, ma'am. <laughs> I yeah. was really disappointed that we didn't get a check-in with Brit. I mean, they make all this effort to highlight the fact that this was a two bachelorette season, but we don't hear from Brit. We don't get, you know, a reminder that she ended up leaving with one of the guys. I mean, you know, at least we got a, a reminder of the classic Clint line villains got a veil and i forgot what i love the most about that line so clint of course after that first good one-on-one -on -one date rapidly becomes a villain he his only friend in the house is jj and they spend a lot of time together but that line where clint says villains got a vill, he likes so much that when jj sort of talks over it the first time he says it again just to make sure he's like i hope you got that i said villains got a vill. <laughs> It's like, it's not that good of a line, Clint. Like, chill out. Um, but this was, I think, when Clint was deciding that he needed to get a row so he could stay in the house and hang out with JJ. Um, didn't work out for him. Uh, JJ sticks around for a while, but I'd forgotten how many big Bachelor Nation people came out of this season. Not just Ben Higgins, of course, but Jared, Tanner, um, people who became really pivotal bachelor on paradise stars yeah and are still pretty big players in bachelor world and obviously nick vile really really had a star turn uh in this season he had a long journey to being the bachelor but it would not have happened without this season the next thing that i want to talk about is just the like super cut of casually racist group dates we got in this like again this the overwhelming whiteness of this show just feels so much starker when you are watching a supercut of the highlights and we got a sumo wrestling date again there are no asian men in this cast N none uh and we have a sumo wrestling date where they wore like sumo wrestling outfits um then we cut right to a bunch of white dudes singing in broken Spanish, all wearing sombreros because yes, the mariachi that's date. okay. Mm. That makes sense. Uh, we have Cupcake 
who is definitely white presenting, um, getting a cameo in Aladdin, a, a show not about white people. I'm just going to say Aladdin, is it's not about white people. Um, and then Caitlin and her almost entirely white group of men engaging in a rap battle. I, like, it was just... Which would have been bad even if any of them were good at it. Right, but they weren't. They weren't. It was it was just like just the the sheer volume of racisms that the Bachelorette did in this short period of time was impressive. It was interesting to me that they chose to cut them all together as if they were not worried <laughs> that juxtaposing them would draw attention to all of the racism. I guess that was not a top of mind concern. And then um, all of the men of color, and specifically all of the black men, basically got cut out of this highlight reel, just like last week when we had I mean, all of the black women from Sean's season cut out. Yeah, once again, like none of them really made it that far, so they don't really appear. I think the only exception of is Ian, um, who's highlighted for his really terrible exit. Uh, Ian was the Princeton educated track star slash model who had recovered from a horrible uh, accident in which he was hit by a car um, and it was believed he could never walk again. So he had this very inspiring story, seemed very promising. And then he ended up exiting by sort of confronting Caitlin and telling her he thought she was a very shallow surface level person. And he was a deep person, very intelligent. He didn't come off well in this exit. So really the only representation we get for any of the non-white contestants is this very unflattering uh, depiction of, of Ian on his way out the door. The real meat of this recap was, of course, focused on the rivalry between perpetual runner-up Nick Vile, Nick V, and mm-hmm. uh, Sean, Sean B., Nick V and Sean B did not like each other. Oh man, uh, I found I feel like we're at a parent teacher conference. Yeah, they did not like each Nick other. V they did not get Sean. along. Sean was really <laughs> aggro, which I had remembered. I mean, and and we can understand, you know, especially watching it back while why the other men felt like a discomfort and frustration having Nick come in like four weeks in. Um, but God, the the level of anger just doesn't, you know, the punishment doesn't seem to fit the crime is I guess what I'm saying. Um, And, you know, they right off the bat accuse Nick of just wanting a 16th minute of fame. Like you already, you know, tried to date one woman. How could you come on here and try to date another woman? (laughs) Um, But we do know that Nick was chatting with Caitlin before she was picked and then like up until and even a bit while she was filming at the beginning. So having the context, you can understand why he would be like, well, I like this girl. Why wouldn't I come on the show? Yeah. I I always felt like the critiques that the guys post. So there is an incredible scene. Uh, Caitlin uh, runs into Nick at one of the group dates, this rap battle that we mentioned before. And he basically tells her that he doesn't want her to get engaged without him having a shot. And she takes the night to think about it, talks to the guys about it. They're like, no, keep him away from us. And she's like, I'm going to think about it. She asks Nick to come on the show. He enters the hotel room full of men. They're all crowded onto a set of couches on one side of the room. 
he's he on goes the and other. sits on the empty couches way on the other side of the room. And then they just throw out little pepper him with lines, little bombs, you know, they're, they're saying you already had your season. Why do you want to be on this one? There are plenty of women out there. There are plenty of connections. Why do you need to be here? I always thought those were very weird critiques because it makes them sound like they think that going on the show is about being on TV. Right. And it makes him sound like what matters is the specific person they're dating. So it really sets them up to look less genuine than him. Uh, I don't know if they gamed that out perfectly well. He ended up, you know, being friends with a number of them. I think I know Tanner was very suspicious and they ended up being, you know, very close. Very close. So that's often the case on this show. But I don't think that he and Sean B are friends. No. Um, Sean B was filled with a uh, a bloodlust at the thought of any other man uh, being near Caitlin. Uh, he really came into the show, it seems, just convinced that they were going to be married. And the fact that she didn't kind of like call off the hunt night one uh, was a real struggle for him, which I had forgotten quite how intense it was. Yeah, they they basically get close to it. Like you, watching it back, I was like, oh, right. It really seemed like Sean was this close to coming to blows with Nick. Nick w- remained very passive, which is why I think I, I had a soft spot for him compared to Sean. Sean's like aggression, outward aggression was a little... A little much for me. Yeah, uh, and, but, and, he, and he took it out on Caitlin. I had forgotten yeah. that that almost torpedoed their relationship because things were going great. And then Sean started coming to Caitlin and saying things like, oh, well, I just wish you were smarter. I mean, not smarter, but like, I wish you could see Nick's full of shit. That was and so offensive. Really very quickly made Caitlin feel like he didn't trust her. He didn't think she was intelligent. And, you know, later when we check in with Caitlin, she says, and isn't so specific about what she means, but she says that her relationship with Sean got off on the wrong foot and they never got past some things. And having seen how rocky a lot of their arc on this season was, that makes sense. I mean, exactly. There was a and lot she. To get over. You know, she has spoken at length on her podcast and on Nick's podcast about some of the context of this, um, you know, once she had a bit of space after she and Sean broke up, like they were together for for three and a half years, which is a really significant amount of time. And she has confirmed that, yeah, it was this dynamic, this lack of trust in her was kind of the thing that always followed them around. And Sean continued to have this like, intense um discomfort about nick throughout their entire relationship which is is funny because when you really look at it you're like it's pretty clear that caitlin wanted sean yeah and i mean and it's also interesting because that's very similar to the dynamic that andy and josh had where she definitely wanted josh um and yet she slept with nick and and she slept with nick and yet like the person she picked was completely unable to move past that or to resolve any like lingering jealousy or distrust. Um, I don't know why Nick kept ending up in that (laughs) position, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there was the episode where Caitlin, 
you know, had sex with Nick before the fantasy suites. And I think that needs a whole breakout conversation. This was oh, the episode yeah. that kind of derailed her season. The the episode that forced them to stay in Dublin for three Ever. weeks to a month. <laughs> um, and I had, I had forgotten a little bit just how, just how uncomfortable it, it was to watch them like clearly use boom mics to pick up really intimate moments between Nick and Caitlin and then broadcast them for drama and call it scandal. Like it really did set her up, even if she never felt, um, you know, a sense of shame about her encounter with Nick outside of the fact that she was worried it would disrupt her relationship with Sean. Like it set her up for the audience to feel as though she had done something egregious. And it also in sort of broadcast, like breaking that boundary they often have with contestants and, and, you know, filming like really like things that you would only say to someone in the context of an intimate experience when you do not think that you are being recorded. Like it just, it, it remained very uncomfortable to watch back. And it reminded me, how poorly this show tends to deal with these breakthrough moments. Like at the end of the day, this did force the show to be more honest about sex and opened up space for more of the women contestants to be frank about their sexuality and be, you know, able to say like, yes, I have sex and I enjoy it and that is okay. But the show was not really initially behind her, at least in the way that the editing went. And I think that that is important to note. Like they rallied behind her eventually once they saw she was taking all of this abuse, but it was not edited in a way that made her seem like she was just making a really like empowered, not a big deal decision. And Chris again says in 2020, her journey was so shocking, so scandalous that we wondered we could even show it again. Like, what was so shocking and scandalous? She had sex. Well, I think it was shocking and scandalous that they taped what she and Nick said while they were <laughs> Fair. in there. And I do sort of wish they hadn't re-aired it. But, you know, I guess they only had so much footage to choose from. They absolutely had to show that. I mean, what what struck me looking back was that there was this emphasis on the fact that she had broken the rules that, you know, you're not supposed to have sex until a fantasy suite. And she had broken the rules of The Bachelor by doing that. But obviously, she was with the entire production team as yeah. it happened. You know, it was filmed in very much the same way a fantasy suite would be. She and Nick are clearly aware of the cameras as they're sitting on the couch. Um, they film them going into the bedroom, very much in the same way that you would film a fantasy suite. Um, so it's not like they were sneaking around, you know, they, they no. um, it's only production. Okayed this happening. Exactly. And then, and then they decided to extract uh, a pound of flesh by <laughs> intrusively taping what was going on and then airing it and then forcing Caitlin to grapple with it on the show to tell Sean, even Sean, I'd forgotten this says, why are you telling me this? Um, when she tells him that she and Nick had sex, like the, the way that they set it up was they sort of let her do the thing she wasn't allowed to do. And then they were like, you really shouldn't have done that. Like, it's going to be bad now, now that you've done that. Not good. Like, don't you wish you hadn't done that? And it's really tough to watch. It's really unpleasant. 
I certainly was not interested in hearing their pillow talk. I I can't imagine no. what benefit there was to airing it either time. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do think that she paved the way, perhaps unintentionally, to a season where even an, an openly religious bachelorette could be like, I have sex and that's fine. You know, Earlier uh, in the season, when Ian goes home, he tells Caitlin, I thought I was meeting the girl who got her heart broken by Chris Souls, and instead you're the girl who wanted to get her fields plowed. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, why are those different people? Right. Like, we all contain all of those things. Caitlin contains all those things. There's no incompatibility there. There's no either or. And I think we do see that more now from from the show. And I think we do have Caitlin in part to thank for that. I totally agree. And I had almost forgotten until um, Chris brings this up on a little check-in with Deanna Stagliano and Claire Crawley that Claire Crawley has been a victim of Bachelor Nation slut-shaming and slut-shaming by the lead. You know, she hooked up with Juan Pablo in the ocean and then he basically puts it on her and says like, you did something that I would never want my daughter to see and like really makes her feel terrible about it. And the show did not really rally around her at the time. And so I hope that, you know, I'm glad for her that on this go around when they film The Bachelorette, that she won't really have to deal with that bullshit as much. Um, Before we kind of wrap up, we got to talk about that very brutal ending of this season. We, again, do not get to see... Sean's proposal. I guess they figured that would be just too uncomfortable for both yeah. Sean and Caitlin. They're like, but... we've got to re-air the 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 whispers in the dark, but right. we're not going to re-air the literal proposal, the <laughs> the proposal that ends every season, the end of the plot of the episode of the season. Like they just cut out that very important component completely. No, we just get Nick like brutally getting rejected after he goes through his entire weepy speech and then just be feeling like, you know, he says, I'm the biggest joke. I'm the world's biggest joke. It's quite brutal. We do get a check-in with Nick. Again, like this stuff isn't new information. If you listen to any podcasts, both Nick and Caitlin have talked about this, but he gives a little bit of context about, you know, the cute pre-show love affair he had with Caitlin. He says that she like, gave him a little sign on Jimmy Kimmel when they tape pre-show and he had written Caitlin some love letters via email while she was filming before he went on. But it seems like, you know, Caitlin and Nick are on great terms. Nick and Caitlin's new partner, Jason from Becca season are on great terms. Like everyone seems pretty happy in this except for perhaps Sean. And like, yeah, everyone who came on the show to talk about the season seems happy and on good terms. And then everyone else, you know, Britt, we don't hear from Britt. Hope she's doing okay. Sean, don't hear from Sean. Um, They're really keeping these very tidy, which I think makes for less excellent TV, um, but a more comfortable experience probably uh, for everyone involved. Um, And we do get a check-in with Caitlin and Jason, which is where a very dramatic proposal takes place. (laughs) I actually thought this was notable. It is notable. Um, So after Caitlin uh, finished her season, she was kind of in a 
in a weird spot with the show um, because she had not only had sex before she was supposed to, she had accidentally, I think, Snapchatted or Instagram story yes. a photo Snapchatted. of herself. It was Snapchatted. A photo of herself with Sean. And so she spoiled the show. Like people who followed her on social media or followed the news learn who she had picked before the show was over and regardless of exactly why it seemed like production was not thrilled with her mike fleiss was not thrilled with her and she was not asked to be on dancing with the stars she was asked she was told she couldn't do it she was told she excuse me she was prevented from going on dancing with the stars despite being a dancer having a dance background very much publicly saying she wanted to do the show um, she has never been permitted to do the show until now. Until now, justice for Caitlin and Dancing with the Stars. And you know what? I, I am excited to see her on the show. And it seemed like it was a true surprise for both her and Jason. And the two of them seem adorable together. So, you know, I am happy for them both. Yes. And there are some other things that I wish would have gotten covered aside from what we mentioned already. Do you remember Tony? Tony wasn't in this at all. Tony, who views the world through the eyes of a child and has the heart of a warrior and the spirit of a gypsy. A very violent, a very violent gypsy. Tony's whole thing was that he was so upset by the violence of the group dates. There were a lot of combat-themed group dates. That he he has to be violent. Exactly. That was sort of his... (laughs) Which makes sense. It's the paradox of Tony, um, but we didn't get to revisit that. Um, And and I think they did gloss over how much Caitlin experienced harassment and slut-shaming from the audience and how that ended up kind of affecting the show and affecting her experience on the show. It wasn't a perfect summation of the season, um, but it definitely hit the... uh, the, the main highlights. Um, and I think that, yeah, that brings us up to speed. And I am really excited that we are going to get to dig more into Caitlin's season um, through the experiences of two people that were pretty much cut out from last night's recap. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, our interview with Koopa James and Jonathan Holloway from season 11 of The Bachelorette. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well balanced. I feel full after and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 
timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So by 2015, a few years after that discrimination lawsuit that preceded Sean Lowe's season, The Bachelor was more consistently casting people of color on the show, but they still didn't typically get very far or have very positive portrayals on the show. Of Caitlyn's contestants of color, only Ian Thompson, who had a very rough exit, got any real screen time at all during Monday's recap. Once again, the supercut approach made the show even whiter. Yep, it it is possible, apparently. (laughs) And uh, Ian, as we mentioned, wasn't the only Black man to have a very unflattering storyline on the show. So another contestant, Koopa James, left at the beginning of episode four after having a really painful conversation with Caitlin about their lack of connection and then an exit 
in the moment interview in which he seemed to complain about being a token minority. Um, just a very raw, in fact, it was turned into a cliffhanger um, to gin up more drama. And then we had Jonathan Holloway, a soft-spoken single dad who made it a bit further despite very solidly being team Brit. And to find out more about that messy exit and what it was like in Caitlin's bachelorette mansion, we talked to Koopa and Jonathan about their time on the show. And we think you're really going to enjoy it. What's up, what's up, what's up? My name is Koopa James and I was on season 11 of The Bachelorette, which was Caitlin and Brit. What's going on, guys? It's Jonathan Holloway here. Uh, I was on season 11 as well, and I was on Bachelor in Paradise too. So, done a few things there. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Oh, we are really excited to get into this with both of you. First of all, did you watch last night's three-hour supercut recap situation? Um, I didn't get a chance to watch much of it. I saw maybe the end of it, so I didn't see a lot of when I was in it. Um, I got texts from people and pictures from the TV and stuff like that saying, oh my God, they're recapping it. So I saw it that way. So I relived it vicariously through some of my friends, I guess. Similar, similarly, I had this, I wasn't on as long as Jonathan. So my, uh, my fun stuff after the show wasn't as much, but I, <laughs> I didn't even know they were re-airing the show until recently when all of my buddies were posting on social media. I was like, why is everybody posting about- Exactly, like, right. where is this coming from? Yeah, right. I didn't get the memo. Yeah, get the you're memo. like, I thought, we, I thought we did this five years ago. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, we're, we're kind of over this. Like, what, why are you guys posting old pictures and stuff? Yeah, like, exactly, bringing up exactly. old stuff, you know? So, yeah. yeah. You would think you'd get like a courtesy call from ABC being like, gird your loins. Like it's coming oh, back yeah, to no, the airwaves. Not at all. Not at all. They're like, nope, hey, here it is. Hey, we don't care Rude. if you guys were. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't, get a call. you didn't get a call, Jonathan, right, for anybody? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, same here. I didn't get any word either. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe we weren't on it long enough to really, you know, uh, get that, warrant that call. Maybe. We, we didn't make the cut. <laughs> it's a short list. It's a short list that they called. We weren't on that list. I mean, the only people that they that they really checked in with on the recap were Ben and Nick, who I feel like we hear from anyway. Right. right. And Caitlin, so of course, which people? makes sense. But yeah, no, yeah. no one else. But that's why we have this show because we are actually very interested in hearing what you guys have to say what your experiences were like and, you know, what you've been up to since. So to sort of start us off, how did you both end up on the show in the first place? Like, did you apply? Did a friend apply for you? Were you recruited? Um, I personally was just going through, had just gotten over a divorce and gone through a divorce. And my mom was, uh, she's like, you need to get back out there and start dating. She's like, and you know, I just saw their casting for The Bachelorette. And I'm like, oh, mom, I don't need to go on that right now. And um, <laughs> so she, uh, she kept pushing me for it. She's like, you should do this. You should do this. You know, get out there and like get your mind off of it. And um, it could be fun. And uh, yeah, sent in the application and got a call back, filmed the video and the rest is history. Mine didn't involve my mother, in fact, my mother was like, don't go on this show. They will ruin you. Um, and I was, like, I was like, nah, it'll be great. I know how to handle myself in public. So mothers always know best. Shout out to my mom. 
for knowing better. I wish I listened. Yeah, but, she um, did. You, yeah, you should have listened to mom. I mean, listen. but we we have to defy our parents a little bit, I guess. <laughs> my my journey to the Bachelorette was through a conversation with a female friend of mine over lunch. I had been talking about spinning wheels, meeting some of the same kinds of women, and uh, not having any luck in the dating world. In, in that way. And she was like, you should do The Bachelorette. To which I was like, well, she was like, be The Bachelor. And I didn't know what the show was at all. So we did a little quick, she gave me the recap. I looked it up and uh, I was like, oh, that's sounds- not known the history of that. I did not know the history, <laughs> dude. She would have been like, no, 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 you can't be The Bachelor. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. So I applied for it, didn't know, didn't know, not knowing that there was gonna be, you know, The Bachelorette was first kind of, and then the popularity, I didn't know. So I just applied for The Bachelor, got on as a contestant for The Bachelorette, and then the rest was literally history. Wow. So so going in with the idea of like being The Bachelor as sort of a more optimal goal, you know, did you, did you know anything about how white the history of the show was and how, um, how little... I guess, luck uh, black contestants had had advancing or even, you know, in previous years being cast at all. Like, was that something either of you took into consideration? Want to touch on that first, Coop? Sure. I had no idea whatsoever. Uh, Matter of fact, Tanner, he was aware of how the show worked. His sisters had been avid watchers of it. So uh, coincidentally, he did really well on the show, but he really understood the, the formality, it how it worked. I had no idea. I met, you know, on the show the first night, there was three or four brothers. We all did the brother head nod, you know. The little shake, like, oh, I see you. Like, I see you I over see there. You, <laughs> so that happened. And, but no, I, I, had, I had no idea it was so, it was so unbalanced, I guess, in that Bob way. There was yeah. no heads up. No one in my circle had had known enough to be like, you know, like, oh, be careful because of this. If anything, total transparency, I had no reason to think, oh, I go on the show, either meet a girl that I like or maybe meet other women because of the exposure of the show. I thought it would open up my, my, um, you know, my spectrum, I guess, to meet other women in other states or other areas and maybe start that. That's what I was kind of thinking would happen. I thought it was a win-win. That was where I was at. Yeah, it's that, that makes a lot of sense, Coop. I think uh, I kind of understood what was going on uh, and how the show worked. I, I think I was a little naive to the fact that you can really go in there and find love. Like, I don't think that that necessarily, I think you can over time. And then when you get outside of the show, you can grow and learn. But it's so intense while you're in there. Um, and you don't get a lot of time um, with The Bachelorette. Um, so I feel that, uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect to go very far. I just wanted to see what the ride was about, but I kind of knew that, you know, me going extremely far wasn't something that was, uh, in the cards for me personally. Was that ever something that either of you spoke about, you know, with explicitly with producers, with casting directors, or, you know, with some of the other men in the house? Um, I, I know I always joked about, you know, hey, choose me as the next bachelor, <laughs> like choose, you know, one of my boys here. <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready for it. You know, I'll accept it. I always <laughs> joked with them about it uh, with the producers and stuff. And it's kind of always a, you know, they're joking around like, ha ha ha. But, you know, we kind of, I guess, I mean, until now, but it's ironic that it's happening now. But, um, 
until now, you know, I, I, I think it was more of a, ah, yeah, not, not really, but I guess I understood that stood the demographic that they were yeah. going for. Um, the, the show is geared, to be honest with you, from my eye geared towards middle-aged Caucasians, um, and, and, and younger, younger women, uh, that are looking, you know, for that fantasy, I guess you could say. And, um, it's not necessarily geared towards the minority. Uh, so I kind of felt that in that way, I understood what I was getting into. I, again, didn't have an idea of what I was getting into. Uh, I did have a couple of conversations with the gentleman in the house, of course, the white guys and the black guys. And I don't remember too many conversations about race within the conversations that I was having, again, like what Jonathan mentioned, of course, the climate now seems very magnified, but back then there's always jokes about black, white, and all these things that just didn't have the same magnifying glass that the last month and a half has had, right? Or a month. So, of course, now saying anything that involves race, like I made fun of you, Jonathan, because you were late, and it wasn't <laughs> of I, I Trust me. That was the only thing in my head. I was like, oh, they're going to be like, oh, here's this black guy being late. Like, of course, it's just stereotypical. But no, I was seriously on my computer ready early, and I kept trying to get it. No, Jonathan and I were furiously emailing back and forth, and I'm like, god yeah. damn it. Zoom, I'm like, just cooperate. Zoom wasn't working. Zoom wasn't working, and I was like, oh, it's because he's black. It's because he's black. <laughs> I knew and that was, was gonna come and up. And it was yeah. crickets, bro. Nobody said a word. It was crickets. And I was like, I realize I realize you can't laugh at that right now, but that's really funny about two months ago. Really funny. It, it, I mean, it's it's still funny because it's I mean, it, you know, it's 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 a stereotype that sometimes it's true. Yeah, so I didn't know that they again, I didn't know the history of the show. I didn't realize they would be doing, you know, certain things with the way they manipulate, you know, I don't know how much we'll talk about those things, but I mean they really yeah. do it. They got a really I mean, look, my experience wasn't great, but I tip my hat to the production, the production of the show. I mean, they know what they're doing. They're good at it. To Jonathan's point, they know their demographic, and they just pull at the heartstrings of the, of their viewers each and every episode, which is beautiful. I mean, I'm in production, so I'm like, oh, I get that the song and dance of it. I just, I never thought I'd be like the butt end of a joke. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. But I didn't know, and there was a couple conversations about race, but nothing that I think was out of the ordinary for me, personally. No, that yeah. makes sense. I mean, I am, I am curious to to get into your exit, Koopa, because the conversation, you know, that you had with Caitlin leading up to that, you said that you, you know, felt like you were just the minority guy there filling a quota, um, and then it it continued, it, it went off the rails more after that. But I think that that part of that conversation is really notable and I'm curious is that something that you were really feeling the whole time you were filming or is that an impression you've gotten from Caitlin or or were you at was there any conversation with production that sort of pushed you to have that conversation just like how did that play out yeah I'll try to give you the best the best recap I got uh I like Jonathan said you don't get a lot of time with the bachelorette it's a very missed miss it's a disillusion right you don't see her you don't get to hang out with her when she is around it's very doctored so like they'll bring her in the room and specifically gear her towards jonathan so then you get that moment with jonathan and but on camera it looks like jonathan like swooned her away mm -hmm. uh to like have a moment which which can happen but it, it's a little produced so 
we were having conversations in these ITMs, they call them ITMs in the moments where you talk yeah. about your experience. I forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, ITMs, right? It was like, it was, it was therapy. It was therapy on the show. So we would- Therapy that they can then clip together. So you look like yeah, an asshole. <laughs> exactly. Give you a chance to cry in there too, if you need to. Yeah. So I would, they were like, how's your connection with Caitlin? And I didn't really have a connection with her. The couple of times we'd interacted, I didn't feel like there was any kind of like mojo. So. I told them, like, oh, I don't think we really connect that much. So they were like, well, that conversation grew into, well, if you don't think there's a connection, you know, why are you here? And I was like, well, I've only seen her twice. I've given my life up. Let me, let me spend some more time with her to see uh, if there is anything. And if there isn't, I have no problem removing myself from the equation. Uh, you know, I didn't have any, there was no reason to be like desperate, like choose me. I was like, oh, I'll just leave. But we were like two weeks in. So I was gonna stick around and they had um, geared me towards, well, if there's no connection, you should talk to her about this. To which I was like, yeah, sure, I'll talk to her about it. So the night I went home, let's say it was seven o'clock, eight o'clock, we're having the cocktail party. I was not able to talk to her. They made sure I could not speak to her throughout the night. I was drinking, my ego got away from me. I kept throwing back Jameson and ginger ales. I, I, I must have so had good. six or seven, six okay. or seven before I sat down to talk to her. So I'm like, I and mean, if you watch my exit, I'm drunk as fuck. I mean, my eyes are glossy. But if you don't know me, you don't know. You're just like, right. oh, it's this guy. So I'm like, I don't think we really have a connection. And she goes, I don't think you see me. You see me. Like, you don't acknowledge me. And I was like, what do you mean I don't acknowledge you? By default, you're the only one to acknowledge. There is no other options. <laughs> so, but I was a little tipsy. And then, so like, that conversation didn't go very well. The guys in the house knew I'd been having some like conversation with producers. So we separated and I went back to some guys and I was like, they were like, how'd the talk go? Because as much as you're all co competitors, you're all like brothers in a way, right? So you have your individual relationship with the girl, but then you have these friendships you're building with some of the guys in the house. So they were like, how did the talk go? And I was like, I don't think it went that well, but it didn't go that bad. I don't know. And then she came and grabbed me and she was like, you know, I don't think I want to make you sit through a, um, another rose ceremony, so I'm gonna send you home. So I was like completely flipped upside down. I was very confused, I was shit-faced. And so I'm doing my exit interview and I was, um, I kind of copied the Marshawn Lynch approach because I didn't want to give them this, what I ended up giving them. So I was like, <laughs> I, was, I, I said like four or five times, I was like, the show was great, I hope Caitlin finds love. The show was yeah. great, I hope Caitlin finds love. And I kept repeating it. And they were like, Koopa, come on, give us an exit interview. And I was like, bro, just let me go home. They know so how to they, dig. They know how to dig. So they brought Elon out, me and Elon had a conversation. And I said to Elon, I go, yo, bro, I don't want to be a token minority on this show. He, they were trying to get me to say, do I think I'm going home because I'm a minority? And I don't, I don't really play that card in my life, right? So I don't play the I'm black card, like often or ever, right? So I didn't want to be... I was trying to control it in my own way. I was trying to be like, all right, well, I don't want to come across to the people like this, this, um, like this uh, stereotypical black guy, right? And uh, so they asked me these questions and they kept asking me like, do you think it's because you're black? And I was like, it's not because of that. Stop asking me that question. And they kept asking. And then I lost my temper and I started being like, Jared, this show is for like soft dudes, like Jared and Cupcake and, and then I just went ape shit and started like, bah, bah, bah. and then, I mean, 
you could imagine the producers were like, yeah. They, that's yeah. What they wanted. Like, yeah. finally, we've cracked him. Yeah. Oh, man. And I had no we idea. Got him. We got him. I had no idea. So I, I went home that night, and Elon had told me, he goes, hey, you know, I have other shows. This ending will be like, remember, so give me a moment. And I was like, I don't want to give you a moment. I just want to go home. I'm embarrassed. And so they got me back on camera, and they were like, they asked me the same question. Do you, do you think race has anything to do with your exit? And that's when I lost my mind. I was like, I keep asking me these stupid questions. So then they, of course, used my answer after an, a question they chose. Right. It looked like I was batshit crazy over something I wasn't, which is the beauty of a show. So that's that was my situation. We we have to call you out on the the line to Caitlin, like, but you're I think you're hot. I think you're pretty. Oh my god. I think so, you're sexy. Yeah, listen. <laughs> so you get in these positions. That's probably the worst part. I forgot about that. Thank you for the reminder. So, <laughs> uh, so what had happened was uh what happened? I I knew I was going home. And it, I was desperate. I didn't want to go home. I felt desperate. I wanted a, another shot. So, so I was like, wait. So I started pulling out all of the things I thought would like save me and uh, like a lifeline. And then it just made me look real bad on the front steps. Uh, I was like, oh, you're hot. We have a lot in common. We both like movies. Uh, <laughs> that was worse than going home. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. It's funny looking back like, in recent seasons now, they have this limit on how many drinks they can serve you per hour. And you go back a few seasons and people were just super wasted. <laughs> Wait, they have that now? Oh, yeah, because there was, big, that. Uh, there was a big there was a big scandal on Paradise one season. Oh, they had to shut down production. Okay. And now okay. they, they limit um, alcohol intake for safety. Yeah. But watching Caitlyn's season, obviously, um, that's not the case. I think Caitlyn and many of the Whatever contestants we needed, are- Whatever there and ready. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Like even uh, the first night, I think, one of the guys got so drunk that he got sent home oh, was that, um, early. Was that Ryan M or something? It was yeah, Ryan. 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 Yeah. 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 Got horned naked, up. jumped in the pool. Get horned up. Horned up. <laughs> yeah, horned up. Horned up. Yeah. Gotta get horned up. Hey, he made it exciting that first night, though. I tell you that much. He did. He was in the pool. He was all over the place. Yeah, yeah he was having a great time. No, oh, he's a funny guy. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. See, we don't get these really drunken exits anymore, uh, for 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 better or worse. What was it like for you guys in the house? I know Koopa, you weren't there terribly long, but. What was it like being there with all those guys? Did you make any friends that you keep in touch with still? Um, yeah, I, I had a good time in the house, to be honest with you. It was chill, a little stressful because you don't have TV. You're just kind of like stuck. They tell you when you can go hang out, do what you want. I mean, they were taking away people's iPods because they wanted you guys just to interact with each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't become great friends with any of the guys. I mean, I keep in touch with uh, Tanner um, a little bit from time to time and Jared a little bit, just just through text here and there, a little bit of social media. Um, but yeah, I don't unfortunately keep in touch with too many of the guys. I think, you know, there's the, the levels of being on the show and when you're a little more at the top, you kind of stay within that group and focus on, you know, and hang out so that you can get your social media post. And so they kind of be like, Hey, we're all hanging out together. And when you're a little lower on the totem pole, I think that you get a little, not 
forgotten, but just uh, not as, you know, important to building the brand maybe. So I'm not sure that's the way I feel about that. My time on the show or the, the house in general, while it was short, there was, I mean, you know, it wasn't, it's intense. So whether you're there for two days or two weeks, the whole thing is pretty intense. So I made some pretty good relationships. Me and Jonathan became friends, you know, acquaintances, friends. We stay in touch. Yep. You know, birthdays, holidays, things like that, a social media post, things like that. And then Tony Harris, me and Ann Thompson are really close. He lives in San Francisco and his exit was was really bad. Um, very bad. Very bad. Really bad. But he did it to himself and I, he, he knows it. Um, he knows it, but it, it was pretty bad. I mean, he came off really, really arrogant and vain, and he was just saying too many words, like, yo, bro, stop talking. <laughs> just be quiet. <laughs> stop talking. So he knows it. He struggled, of, of, from my experience with people with the show, he struggled the most. He couldn't talk about it till like a year or two ago. It was a very sensitive mm. topic for him, um, but we're pretty close. So he and I are friends, Tony Harris, uh, Corey Stanzel, me and him keep in touch. Uh, so a couple, me and Josh Albers, more, most recently Josh Albers has been calling me a lot <laughs> because, <laughs> because of this race thing. He's like, oh, look at this race We know, we know, we know. Uh, oh, it was funny, it was funny, it's okay. He's like, he's gotta reach out. I love Joshua because he was my roommate, but he's gotta reach out to his black friend he's got to reach out to him you know <laughs> let him know yeah. oh joshua wait yeah, so reaching out to be like how are you doing or to be like can you tell me what's going on <laughs> yeah a little bit of both he and i are close <laughs> close enough i mean when he his uh the girl he married they met through like a buddy of mine and they all met so like we're all kind oh, of connected nice. i was invited to the wedding i was going to dj ben zorn's wedding which is like supposed to be this fall but I think is rescheduled because of the pandemic. So, um, which is cool, but Josh Albers, we're friendly, we'd be in touch, but most recently it's been a lot more of like, you know, hey, can I post this? It's a, and, the, and it's like, you can do whatever you want, bro. Just, I mean, maybe it's a good idea to maybe just be quiet. I don't know if you need to do it, but yeah, bro. So he's, uh, he's actively been calling me regularly. He wants to have this conversation about and, and, and I want to have the conversation as a friend, but I'm also like, dude, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not here to give you any kind of validation or tell you what to do. I don't, there's a movement, Get, educate yourself. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I love start, kids, start so. with Google. We can send him some links to donate. <laughs> it might help alleviate some of his white guilt. I don't know. But he's oh, got such man. a good heart. Yeah, I don't even think he, he knows, he you know? Right. So, right. so I, he, I love the kid. Exactly. He's a great guy. Of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how has it been within the Bachelor world in as much as you're connected to it to have this moment going on? Like, are you are you seeing more happening in terms of people caring about race on the show? Like, do you, do you see more contestants talking about it? And is that something that you think matters at all or are you kind of just like i'm done with the bachelor franchise i don't care how they handle race going forward um i i definitely care how they handle race going forward i i just don't expect i mean again timing's a little ironic that mm -hmm. we have our first black bachelor um you know i know rachel was 
our black bachelorette and um and, you know that's great and we're we're taking steps forward but it's in my eye like i i do love the franchise i love the producers they're great people nothing against them but again they're playing to their demographics so mm-hmm. right now they're a little bit under fire so they have to you know kind of go to what's the popular vote and right now that's having some minorities in there so as long as it keeps moving forward in a positive way and doesn't start to regress after things calm down like we always do i mean you know when any you know big injustice happens it seems like you know there's a big uprise and then it slows down and it kind of maybe goes away a little bit for a while so as long as this you know drive that we're having right now for equality and 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 fighting for rights for everyone as long as that moves forward and the franchise continues to acknowledge that and move forward with it, then I think that's great. Um, if they don't, then that's, that's extremely unfortunate. I, so after the show, I had, um, there were two different Bachelor in Paradise seasons where I'd gone through what, like some of the process or most of the process for those seasons. And it didn't work out. The first time they got me to the end, like I went to the interviews again, et cetera, et cetera. And then they just bailed on me. Wait, because you were supposed to come on with me, right? Yeah, your season, yep. And then the second time they reached out to me, I I mean, in so many words, I was pretty much like taking a long walk off a short pair. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) And uh, so after that moment, which is back in now 2000 and uh, 2016, after that, I mean, I was, I, I pretty much wiped my hands clean of the franchise. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on occasionally. Someone will say, oh, did you know? I heard about the huge scandal in Paradise. Um, my buddy Christian Bishop was on the season after me. He and I are still pretty close. So I knew some of that season and then some of the Bachelor Paradise stuff because they were all my buddies, right? So I watched Jonathan. I watched Tanner. Find Love with Jade. And that was all great. But then, but other than that, I don't really... I didn't know there was a black bachelor. I didn't know. I heard about the black girl because it sounds funny again now, but when there was a black girl, people were like, did you hear? And I was like, oh, because she's black. She's great. I still don't get <laughs> you a had to tell me. Show. You had to yeah, tell right, me. Yeah, right, right, right. It was like that, right? But I don't really follow. So, but I would like to echo, I think what Jonathan said makes perfect sense, which is I hope that the momentum goes. I don't want to hand out. I'm not a big, like, participation trophy type of guy. I'm like, you know, should the best man win? Period. White, black, male, female, tall, short. I'm kind of, I live in that space in general in my life. So I don't care if the bachelor is white, black. I think that at the top, I I think there should be more producers in positions of power that are minorities and diverse because I think that way it'll trickle down. Until you get some more hip hop dates, some more urban areas, some more activities that seem more cultural, you're going to keep seeing what you saw and it's unfortunate they're doing it now because, you know, some people will give it to them, but I'm not giving it to them. To me, I'm like, right. oh, you're doing it because you kind of have to. So you right. get no, you get no, you get no props from me. I don't, Yeah. they could have done better with their, with their black, with their black cast of members over the last 10 years. I they think it was known as, as well back then. Yeah. It was known that they needed it. Yeah. Oh, it's not a secret. Yeah. They could have done us a little, a little more justice than they did in, help us out after the show knowing they don't do us right, but, but they don't do that. So, so they didn't, I mean, they literally pick you out and you're on the street and they're like, figure it the fuck out, excuse my language. <laughs> and you feel really, you feel really slighted. 
Yeah, I was really offended. I was hurt for a while. I struggled for about the better part of a year. Every conversation was me like whining about how they manipulated me and because I felt guilty because I was drunk and I gave it to them, but they made me look exactly like what I never try to be, which is an angry minority on camera. And I, I really, really resent them for that. And they know, they know, I mean, I've had some really good conversations. They know I'm pissed at them, but they don't give a shit and they don't have to give a shit because they're much bigger than my woes. And that's fine. No, I was just going to say, I, I think I had a little softer of an experience on there than uh, Koopa definitely did. Um, uh, you know, it wasn't extremely traumatic for me, except for with another contestant and, and you know, uh, not getting along with that particular person. Um, so I, I definitely think that, you know, there, the, you know, Koopa had it a little worse in the terms of the way that they did make him look at the end, whereas I feel like I was portrayed accurately if that makes sense, like a mm -hmm. caring father, you know, kind of soft-spoken, but funny and, you know, whatever, however I was portrayed on there. So um, I guess I got lucky in that aspect that they didn't use anything um, that would, you know, make me feel uncomfortable in that type of a way, so. Yeah, that's the problem is you just don't know what's going to be highlighted. Like we all have these parts of our personalities, some which are more flattering than others. You know, we all mm -hmm. say things that we regret and, it's more a question of what is being highlighted as who you are um, to right. this audience of millions. And um, especially when you are, you know, one of only a few people of color on the cast, like that weighs, I, I'm sure, weighs more heavily. Um, you, you know, you have the burden of having to feel like a representative and, you know, to yeah. this really white audience. Um, and that's why, like, I'm very heartened to see that this latest wave, I mean, Again, you guys have obviously no obligation to have like read all this stuff, but there is this this um, bachelor diversity petition, and it outlines really specific things that they that viewers want to see, and that includes you know resources for mental health for uh, cast castmates of of color after the fact and right. having more producers and editors who are mm -hmm. black and people of color. And I think that the, that's exactly what you're saying. Like those things are so key. It's not just, okay, throw a bunch of people in front of the camera and see what happens. It's you have to have people who are making the show who understand, um, you know, the lived experiences of the people that they're trying to produce. Absolutely. And so I, I mean, I think we really hope to see those, those changes made, not just, you know, he, Hey guys, we hey, gave you a black bachelor. Right. Exactly. Stop complaining. Exactly. It has to go a lot deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so telling Koopa, the, the experience you had in that ITM because so much of producing the bachelor is about like needling people's, insecurities or their weak spots and when you have people on the show who are you know minorities who are in these marginalized positions then you know needling those points um is going to create like a, a pretty racist environment um and i feel like that that can be just completely erased in editing like the audience doesn't see what played into that and so i think it's really important that there's more understanding of those dynamics um but I think we should talk about some of the more fun stuff from the season yeah. too before yeah. we wrap up. Um, I mean, I wanted to ask you guys because this was the two bachelorette season, like 
what what was that like for both of you coming in? Did you know it was going to be two of them, and and which one did you hope it would be? <laughs> um, uh, I think uh, I got a on to be honest with you on my way before they took away our phones on my way to um, start the show and to go to the hotel. I got a text from one of my friends and they were like, did you know, I just heard there's going to be two bachelorettes. And I'm like, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, have a great time. I'll see you later. And then I thought she was just kidding. And then I get in there and, you know, we go through everything and then, yeah, you start hearing whispers and from, I mean, you can hear whispers very easily through wherever. And like I said, my friend texts me. So, um, yeah, so I knew that that was going to happen. And I mean, I was Brit all all way all the way all the way uh i would have loved for her to be the bachelorette she was gorgeous um so that would have been my choice caitlin was a really cool chick have nothing bad to say about her she's you know i, I definitely can hang, could hang out with her but uh dating wise uh we we weren't a match so i would have loved to have seen if uh, brit would have stayed around what could happen i had no idea i did find out later on that some guys knew like, for example, Sean Booth knew it was Caitlyn. He was in love with her from Christmas season. And so, so I heard through Grapevine that some guys knew it was her because they wanted, you know, you got to have a Sean Booth who's obsessed with, you know, the contestant or the person. you got to have that person. So some guys knew that Caitlyn was going to be on the show. I had no idea. I wish I had. Caitlyn wasn't uh, my first choice. I voted for Britt as well. When I sat down with Britt, now, let me say this. After seeing how the show unfolded, I think Britt was a little extra religious. It might not have worked out either. But, <laughs> but, but when, I, oh, when I sat down and spoke with her, she was so warm, so inviting. Yeah. She paid attention. It was eye contact. It was like she gave a shit. It was very cool. And I was like, wow, this, is, this woman is really present. And my interaction with Caitlin wasn't that great at all. It, it was just high and body. So when we voted, I voted for Britt as well. When Britt didn't, wasn't chosen, you know, I, my attention turned to Caitlin because there wasn't- That's like, what, there was no, no, no one else. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's like you have was, to. Yeah, so I was trying to like, I was just trying to do diligence. You know what I mean? Like not throwing the flag right away, going back to my other point about, they were like, well, you can go home. And I was like, well, let me, give me a minute. Let me <laughs> see. Maybe she doesn't like these kind of jokes. Maybe it's these kind of jokes. Let me just feel it out. Right. And then it ended uh, too soon in some ways, but I didn't know who it was going to be. I was, it was fun though, be, having the choice. And right from the get go, I remember this, Jonathan, I made a joke. They, um, they go, is there anything else? How is everything going or whatever? You, you guys happy? And, and I made some, of course, terrible joke. And I was like, oh, you know, more, more, more girls. Like there could be more girls. And he was, and Chris, uh, who's the- kind of Who's the, who's the host of the show? Chris Harrison. Yeah. So, and I get it. He know, And so quickly he was like, he was like, oh, two beautiful women isn't enough. And like, it was just one of those, like, <laughs> uh, like I was asking for too much. And it was, uh, it was, it was a good I joke. Mean, and I felt so dumb. I was like, to oh. be honest, two women is not enough for like 30 guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. let's be realistic. Yeah. 30, 30 yeah. alpha men. 30 Males, alpha men, yeah. right? Alpha yeah, and put men. you all in one house and compete over two women. Yeah. Like they'd have to have really incredible oh, yeah. time management skills to be <laughs> yeah. enough for for that yeah. many men. Yeah, um, but that's, 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 that's 
for some funny stories, I will say, like, just in general, the banter amongst the guys, the jokes, the conversations. I mean, you know, it's... It, it was like, like a big crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jokes, it was, a, it was yeah. fun, you know. There were the little tips here and there, but for the majority of it, we all got along, and it was fun. And, you know, I don't know how it is when the, the girls are in the house, but with the guys, it's camaraderie, and it's like, yeah, hey, go get her, buddy. Good job. You know, there's a few guys that are upset, you know, that are really going after, but for the most part, yeah, it was it, it was a fraternity house in a way. I always love seeing the friendships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. Like, I feel if I, you know, uh, lived in a different area, maybe I would still be in contact with some of the other guys more if I lived in California or Chicago or, you know, in a place where, you know, but uh, yeah, I think be me in lonely old Michigan here, you know, all by myself. I don't think there's too many of us here, um, at least not for my season, so. Yeah, it's not a big bachelor hub. You'd have to move to no, Nashville yeah. or LA. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> They're all in Nashville now. Yeah. Have either well, of you... I was in LA for a while, but yeah. Yeah. Have either of you uh, spoken with Caitlin at all since leaving the show? Cooper's <laughs> shaking his bit. head. No, there's been no conversation. <laughs> I've crossed paths with Sean Booth a couple of times. We're both in the fitness arena, so we've crossed paths often, but uh but not, not Kayla, no. I mean, that, that thing ended, it, I mean, it was as bad as it should have been. And there was no reason to like reconcile or like, like right. oh, yeah. just wanted right. to apologize. I'm thinking of you like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, no, I have, I have not uh, spoken with her since. Um, but congratulations on her to Dancing with the Stars now. I just saw that she got... Uh, uh, asked to do that, so congratulations. Yeah, after after years of Mike Fleiss <laughs> being a dick and preventing her from doing it, I guess they decided to finally throw her a bone since they were wearing her relationship exactly. with her ex of three and a half years. So. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, congrats to her. Yeah, uh, if I were her, I would have made that a you know a contract requirement. Yeah, for, be like it's in my contract. My season like, <laughs> So uh, now that you've both been off the show for years, um, do you look at it overall as a positive experience or a negative one? Like, did it have any of the effects that you hoped for in terms of like opening your dating life up or the rest of your life to, to new people? Or w looking back, would you think, eh, maybe I shouldn't have done that? Okay, for me, I don't regret my experience um, and, I, and I'm not the kind of person that's like, live without regrets. I, re I regret a ton of shit, like that, that extra shot, texting my ex-girlfriend, like I regret a bunch of shit, but I don't regret the show. I, um, but the sh it was a tough spot. I mean, it's been again, four or five years. I was in a really tough spot for a minute and I'm a really positive dude. And everything I say now always makes me feel like I am the perpetrator trying to defend myself. Mm -hmm. and, and so that that sucks as well. I live with a little bit of guilt always. I feel like I embarrassed my family. I severed a bunch of relationships in my in my company. I I never fully recovered in certain ways from the show. I did not get any, any social media publicity. Um, no like no appearances. The show it was gone. I was gone, gone, gone. And so I struggled for for a while when you guys reached out. I haven't talked about the show in this context for, for quite some time. So it's uh, it's bringing up all these other things and I'm getting like re-upset, like, like, fuck this show, fuck this show, fuck this guy. 
fuck that thing. And so, and, and I'm like, don't, don't let it, don't let it get you. I was, I was like, I thought it was over this shit. Like, oh, and also they did this. So I think I don't regret the show. I just, I'm just disappointed in, in, in the production because the production has a lot of power and they could, they could save some of us. They could yeah. save some of us after they throw us off the boat. They can help. They could assist. They could provide therapy. They could provide assistance. They could help with our, our business. They could do so much that would cost them so little. And they, and they do nothing. They do nothing except throw it out there to the sharks and let the world tear you to pieces with, without knowing any backstory, any context. And so that really chaps my ass because I'm a good human being. And if I was that kind of a person, I'd be fine being represented as that kind of person. So I cuss, I'm loud, I'm aggressive. I am not sorry for that, but I'm not what they made me look like on the show. And as a black man, regardless of the current situation, that sucks, it's, it's, it's discouraging. Um, and and, and it, it, just, it just blows, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's my soapbox. As outside of that, get up, dust it off. Life is harder than that moment and you keep pressing on. But they can do so much more than they did and so that's shitty. I don't regret it because I know people like Jonathan and I do have a lot of network, but it did not help my business. It did not help my, my, my perspective on myself. It did not help my views of reality TV. It was just, so I'm a little bitter about that, but outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You're like, I mean, hold on. You got time. I got a few more for you right here. <laughs> that, that's, that's where I'm at with, that's where I'm at with the show. Um, wow. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, I had uh, I, I definitely don't regret it. I had a great time going on the show, met great people. Uh, you know, got to experience some things that a lot of people in this world won't get to experience. Um, you know, being on a, a reality show and um, just you know enjoying that aspect of it. Um, after the show, I think I kind of went into Hermitville a little bit just because. Um, I have my son and I feel like just being out in the public, I was very noticeable at that point in time. And, you know, people were always coming up to us, even at the mall and being like, Oh my God, you know, and I'm like, wait a second, this is my son and people were surrounding me. So that, that was a little, I guess the, the notoriety was a little tough for me right at the end. I mean, I've had it before I've been in commercials and little things like that, but not on such a large scale. And so I think that was a little tough for me. So I went into, like I said, Hermitville for a little while. And then I came out of that, uh, went on Paradise and, uh, you know, then ended up dating Cassandra for a little while uh, from Juan Pablo's season. And that was nice. We had a, a really cool connection. And uh, it definitely, like Koopa said, I, I feel corporate wise when I was looking for corporate work after it hurt me <laughs> because you go and you walk into the interview room and you're like, and, and that's where I think we're, Koopa's thing, they could maybe help us more. I walk into an interview room, they're like, oh, you're just this reality star, this guy that's doing this, not, you're not able to do this type of job, sorry. Like, oh, oh, yeah, we're calling you in because we just want to see this guy who is on this show, not because we feel you're necessarily qualified when you actually are. Um, now that doesn't necessarily have to do for, with race or anything like that, I don't believe. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I got some decent social media followings uh, once I, stopped dating Cassandra and wasn't interacting with the other contestants as much socially, yet it drops off very quickly and you get you get kind of left behind a little bit. 
Um, I, I did just recently talk to the, to the producers a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, so stay in touch with them from time to time. Um, uh, I think there was, I, I was supposed to go on VIP uh, 3 and then I backed out on it um, at the last second just because I was going through some personal things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would definitely do it again. I had a, I had a blast. And to give our listeners a little bit of an update, like where are you guys now? Have you found love? Jonathan, how is your son? <laughs> My son is great. Sky, he's amazing. Uh, he's 10 now. Uh, so he's huge. Uh, he's going into fifth grade. Uh, just finished up a bunch of homeschooling since all this Corona stuff was going on. Um, unfortunately, just got out of a, a a really, yeah, it's really unfortunate, just still kind of choked up over it, uh, was dating someone for about two and a half years, and that kind of ended recently, so that's not cool, um, so still looking for love, I guess, as of right now, uh, not looking for it, I guess I'm hoping that maybe that relationship could start back up again, but you never know, so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I am, I'm the uh, in arena host for the Detroit Pistons, I uh, help run my father's contracting company and do you know, various commercials, hosting gigs here and there. So uh, that's where I am right now. Does anybody else want to hug Jonathan? Because I want to hug him so bad right now. <laughs> oh, I, like, I wasn't expecting it to come out. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to come out. And then it just came out. And I was just like, started getting all Yo, sad. I love you, bro. I love you so much. I love you so much. You're no <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. I Jonathan, appreciate it. Jonathan on the show, just if I could say, right, on the show, you know, you meet these guys in, in, in the, whether I'm liked or not liked, I know that I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I know that. We all know that. And yeah. So I when I met Jonathan, it was, I appreciate it, right? So when you see Jonathan, immediately he, when we met, he was the, this guy, right? Like a little softer, a little more soft-spoken, very funny, very funny, very witty, very charming, but like very soft-spoken. So hearing him say this, I'm like, Oh, that's right. Like, <laughs> right. He's so you remember. Cute. <laughs> you remember. Oh, I wish I had I wish I had a little more of that. I think that relates to the love thing. I'm not I'm not doing that well in the love department still. I'm a little uh I'm coming up, you know, it doesn't work out for the most part. I'm also in LA where dating is a little challenging to begin with. Yeah. Uh so that could be tough. But in terms of what I'm up to now. So I've been DJing for almost 20 years now, private parties mainly. So I'll do like weddings, corporate events, celebrity things, movie premieres. Now in LA, it's like, you know, rich people's houses and overlooking Hollywood Hills, which is cool. I'm very fortunate to be doing that <clears throat> or to still be doing that. And the fitness thing has gone really well. I am a, I, it, this sounds like an LA person, but you know, I'm, now I'm a celebrity trainer. I train celebrities. I, I'm in these I'm in these circles now that I wasn't in before, but it wasn't because of the shows. Me living here for four and a half years, just yeah. grinding and grinding, putting in that showing work, up, yeah. putting that work, putting that work in. So I'm happy now in a way where I'm at. I mean, I got these Zoom classes on fitness, and I I can officially say I'm Childish Gambino's personal trainer and have been for a year. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so like, he's the man, yo. He yeah, that dude is my soul. I fuck with that dude hard. <laughs> so. He's such a good human being. He's so different, and and we get along really great. I saw him. We do like the Zoom stuff right now, training, and that's cool. I got two more, but they're a little more private, and uh, 
And so it's cool. So that's happening for me out here in LA. And I have no complaints with that. So between teaching classes online and some of these people I teach, small group training and then DJing, that keeps me pretty busy. I am still single. Uh, do I sleep alone every night? No, but I am single, right? So this is where I get myself into trouble. I should stop saying words. Right? Yeah, you stop, stop talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to, I would love to, I would love to. Hey, you know, that's someone. the clip they're going to use. You know, that's no kidding, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll be cutting out the cut. rest of the interview. That's all they're going to say. Yeah. Hey, we did an interview with Cooper James. This is what we got. <laughs> I dated a woman for a little while. It wasn't as long as yours. It was about eight, nine months. That was cool, uh, but it didn't, it, it didn't work out. And uh, so I'm open to it. I'm not on dating apps. I'm just trying to find, you know, that personality. Lately, it's been about these zodiac signs. I think these certain signs that like are like, yeah, and then there's some that are like, no, yeah, some you're like, I'm not gonna even stay go away there. from this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's what's a good sign that you're looking for right now, so our listeners can check their their star charts and they can slide into your DMs. Uh, all of them. All of them. <laughs> all of them. No, no, no. I, uh, I, t I tend to do well with, people don't think so, but I tend to do well with more of a Virgoan personality. That seems, seems to be more of my, more of my speed. Uh, okay, so Virgos, get Virgos. into Koopa's DMs. Yeah, Virgos, please, yeah. slide yeah. in my DM, Virgos. Let's have a conversation. I have Let's no have clue. I have no clue. What <laughs> What's your sign, Jonathan? What's your sign? I'm a Scorpio. So oh, most of the ones, because they hear Scorpios. that, they're like, oh my God, you're a Scorpio. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> Scorpios are you. Scorpios are alpha. They're aggressive. They're assertive. They like routines. And they don't like to break their routine. And they're a little softer than Virgos. We're just not soft, which is perfect. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Explains everything. Um, <laughs> Well, I wish that you were both, that we were all together so that we could, could group hug. Group hug. Like group um, hug. I feel For like sure. uh, <laughs> we all need more hugs than we're getting right now. I mean, I would throw you guys down with Lysol first, but, you know, then, then we <laughs> um, But we hope when quarantine ends, if you're ever in New York, let us let us know. It would be Absolutely. great to, to hang out in person. And this was really such a delight. We cannot thank you enough for coming on this podcast and reliving your traumatic journey and <laughs> know, just being really fun it. and candid with us. I think that our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing your perspectives. Awesome. Thank you. Before we let you go, could you let our listeners know how they can find you if you want to be found? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, hit me up uh, on Instagram at jhala17. That's that's where I go to mostly. I have my Twitter. I can't even think of what my Twitter is right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> I guess I could look it up and see what that is as well. I think it, it's at J.R. Holloway 17. <laughs> so there you go. Great. And Koopa? Mine is, I'm Koopa James on any platform you could imagine. And it's just that my name is spelled a little different than how people hear it. So it's K-U-P-A-H. And then James, not that hard to find. I happen to be the only one. <laughs> Lucky you. There's so many Jonathan Holloways. It's like some dude from Stanford is a Jonathan. He's a really renowned writer or something like that. And he's a black guy too. And I'm like, how You're, dare this you? This is my rude. Name? This is just yeah, rude. Like, go away, Stanford. You're like, I went on television, so I would be the first Google result. Like. Yeah. <laughs>
I had all these questions for you about your about your decades of a writing career, and I had to toss it all <laughs> yeah, out the window. Yeah, you know, we'll have to talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ran out of time. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Koopa James and Jonathan Holloway, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod, and follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week to recap The Bachelor, the greatest seasons ever, plus more bonus episodes that you won't want to miss. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.